You're listening to After the Whistle Sports with Chase, Dylan, and Dylan. Welcome back to After the Whistle Sports Podcast. I'm Chase. This is Season 2, Episode 1. I'm here with Dylan and Dylan. Yeah, and this is kind of long-awaited because we've been... Uh, on a oh. <laughs> hiatus. Yeah, yeah, with the whole COVID Since situation. September. Yeah, we had like ending of school and COVID situation. Yeah. Uh, but now, uh, since basically everything got canceled for us, uh, we're going to be hopefully doing a lot more of these. And uh, perfect timing because uh, while we're recording this, the NBA uh, just started yesterday with the Lakers Clippers game. And we have uh, a ton of bubble uh, talk that's going to be going on today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about college football because there was some big news um, regarding scheduling and there's still questions about whether they're going to play or not and what that's going to look like. Uh, then we might touch upon some NFL, uh, talk about the recent top 100 list and um, our opinions about that. We're also going to talk about the player opt-outs uh, in regard to COVID. And then if we have some extra time, we're going to be talking about some MLB, uh, some recent news. So it's definitely a good time to be listening to After the Whistle Sports because uh, there's a lot of uh, sports going on all at once with the NBA, college football. Uh, hopefully it's going to be starting up in the fall. And then um, uh, hockey also and the MLB. Uh, so we're just going to get started here with some NBA. And I just want to hear quickly what's everyone's uh, bubble outlook and maybe if someone could briefly explain the bubble uh, for people who, don't, um, who haven't heard of it or don't really understand how it works. Yeah, basically the bubble is all the NBA players and NBA staff were put at Disney World in Orlando. Is it Disney World or Disneyland? Uh, Disney World. Disney World in Orlando, and basically all locked in what they're calling a bubble, and uh, everyone's just staying there. There's been no positive tests since July 20th, and there's like 400 people there, so clearly it works. Uh, and it's just they're staying there. Once you get kicked out of the playoffs, you have to leave the bubble until it's the last team standing. And yeah. honestly, the bubble to me just shows that Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports. I mean, this is one of the biggest sports triumphs, like, as, like, a whole league that I think we've seen. Like, th- the fact that they, uh, they're, like, the first main sport, I mean, them and the MLB are the first main sports to be going back and trying to um, go back to normal and playing games. And the fact that they handle all the logistics so well, um, especially when we've seen, like, uh, the NCAA and the NFL leagues that are, are like notorious for not having any organization whatsoever and for really screwing things up. Uh, the NBA did a really good job with this. Um, I don't want to speak too soon because it's still early. But, yeah. true. but um, the fact that we have games going on and we have um, like a lot of hype around it, uh, the ratings for the games that went on yesterday, we're through the roof like they're doing and they really need it because uh the financial difficulties with the covid situation for all sports um but the fact that they could do something like this with the bubble and have zero uh positive tests is just incredible and really good for the sport i think it also shows like how much the players like want to be back and playing because it just takes one person out of the 400 500 people there to screw everything yeah. up because of one person to test positives like the Marlins like a bunch of people will get it so I think it just shows like how many how many people are just ready for sports to be back and how much like the United States and the world as a whole is just missing sports like I think this is a tremendous job by the NBA also like the sacrifices that the players make because they are away from their families for this time up to like four months yeah yeah, and and so these sacrifices are just um, really important for the mental health of uh, everyone in these times. And not only that, but they're 
having this bubble season, and if you go to the finals, you are there, and then the season ends, and then you have like a month and a half, and then the next season starts. So like it's, they know the sacrifice they're putting out there when yeah, they're in the bubble. I applaud all the players who are willing to take this risk, and kind of they're kind of like the guinea pigs for everything. Like mm -hmm. the NFL and um, college football is, will, will probably be looking at what the NBA did in terms of how they should um, create their protocols. So this is more important than just the NBA. This is uh, if this can actually work like it's worked up until this point, then I think we see some of those protocols um, being passed towards the NFL and, and college football, which we'll talk about maybe a little bit later. I think it's also, it also might extend past sports. Like, if this works, this can go further for, like, companies and other, yeah. like, major corporations that need to be in business that provide so many, like, essential items. So yeah. I think this is just tremendously well done by the NBA and set a great example for the rest of sports to follow. Yeah, so during this time, we're a lot of it's going to be COVID talk um, and how it affects sports, but we also want to be a little bit more positive and just talk about sports as normal. We're just going to forget some of the uh, depressing um, <laughs> COVID news. national emergency news. So with that being said, uh, let's talk about some of the games yesterday and just the first thoughts. Uh, we had the uh, Pelicans um, versus Jazz, versus Jazz, which ended up in a uh, Jazz victory and an overtime win. Uh, and then we also had the uh, Nightcap, which was the Lakers Clippers game, which was a thriller, a great game. really an awesome game um, to kind of be going back into the NBA season. Uh, Lakers ended up winning that after LeBron uh, won the game off a game-winning tip-in, and then he had a defensive lockdown on Kawhi and Paul George at the end. So I just want to hear uh, both you guys' thoughts on that game and what stood out. It could be about players. It could be about um, the ending of the game. It could be about the overall feel of, of the bubble games. Um, what do you guys see? I, oh, you can go. go. Okay, I'll go. Um, I thought that, like, just in the bubble, it was just such a unique, like, experience. Like, looking up, there were no, no fans. I mean, you, you could almost hear everything. I, I thought it was really cool because in no in no time have there ever been like no fans in a game and it's just there's no there were no momentum shifts because you couldn't get momentum I mean it was all off of like your psych and how your team was playing and I think it's now gonna come down to like who actually is the best team because it takes all like home court advantage out so I thought it was really cool and I I like to see how they started off with like the best game they could have possibly started with like a Lakers Clippers game. So I, I thought it was a good game. I think one cool thing about the bubble and no fans that they were talking about last night is the different camera angles they're going to have. Like, there was a review, yeah. and instead of there being, like, the eight or nine normal cameras, they said there was, like, upwards of 30 or 40 cameras in the arena. So, like, you have every angle. Like, there's no second thoughts on, like, a decision being made by the refs. Like, they know exactly what they're looking for, and, like, they have the opportunity to look at those plays. So I think that's something that's really cool that's going on that, had, that doesn't have to do with the fans. Also, I think that... It's. I agree with you. Like with the whole, the best team's gonna win. Like there's no home court advantage per se. Like it's like putting it's, them in a lab. Yeah. Yeah. Like seriously. And they're like kind of the test studies as Dylan was talking about before. Like they're the test studies for everything, like the real world and sports. So I think that's a cool thing yeah, for them to be part of. I was pleasantly surprised with the overall like clean clean cleanness of the game. Like I was expecting it because it's the first game they played in like four months. I thought that there was gonna be. Um, it's going to be lower scoring, 
um, a little bit sloppy, and there was a little like there was a little bit of sloppiness with a good amount of turnovers at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I thought that I mean I wouldn't notice if I was watching that game that they these guys haven't played in four months. Agreed. Yeah, I mean they did play their scrimmages, but still like they played three or four games. Like it was nothing really. Yeah. And, AD and LeBron like played in like one of those, so it's not really that big of a deal. But yeah, I think it's I think it's a very cool thing that they were yeah. back into it. Like, so talking about like normal. talking about AD and LeBron, who was the most surprising performance or, or the best performance um, from a player in either of the games yesterday? Besides um, AD and LeBron. Well, you can include AD and LeBron because I know for a fact. So, I mean, that AD was. I think AD was lights out. Yeah, AD had I think thirty five points. Thirty four. Like thirty four points. He was really. I thought Paul George yeah, had Paul an George incredible was great too. I, I also think Kyle Kuzma off the bench played pretty well. I mean, he had yeah. what like 16, 17 points, which is, I mean, again, like being a bench player in this scenario is like different. So I think that was pretty cool to see that like bench the bench like yeah. could also. Participate. I mean, I think Kuzma is gonna be the huge part of what makes the Lakers either just a good team that that can make a playoff push or, or a great team who could win the championship. I think Kuzma, if he if they're gonna do really well, he's gonna have to be that third star. Um, and I thought that he played that role really well yesterday. Yeah. And also, another group of people that I thought was pretty surprising was like Joakim Noah, Dion Waiters, J.R. Smith. These guys who haven't played in, I mean, over a year that just got right back into it and were like prominent forces in the game and actually made a difference. I think that was something that was interesting that they were able to just get back into it that easily. Uh-huh. So, so what do you guys think about uh, Zion Williamson, who had a minutes restriction in his first game? Um, which I, I, I thought he had. So he had the minutes restriction before the bubble, and then you had the COVID situation where they didn't play. And I thought he was going to be healthy and ready to go. Well, I think the minute uh, restriction was because he didn't get to play in the scrimmages because he had a family emergency, so he had to leave the bubble. So I think that's, I think that's why um, he had the minute restriction. But I don't think it's because of injury. I, I also think. Um, like, the minute restriction is just, like, a precaution because, like, this isn't, like, a must-win game. So there's no need to, like, let's say if he's 95 9% healthy, like, there's no need to risk that 5% of him getting injured and completely ruining the season. So I think it was well done. I mean, because at the end of the day, like, they're, they're, they're going to try to make a push. Yeah, I'm interested to see if, if the Pelicans can kind of come together. Maybe they can upset and, and win a... Around, I mean, I don't really think so. Um, I think if I was gonna pick one team, okay, how about this? Let's go with one team from the East and the West that are maybe like a dark horse that might be able to um, win a series or, or make a playoff push. Um, I think that a team. Well, I think that a team that's good that isn't being talked about enough right now is the Miami Heat. They're the fourth in the East, and I think they're just kind of being overlooked because of Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee, everybody's kind of just looking at them and being like, all right, they're going to win it. I think Philadelphia's team that's being way overhyped, especially they're only a sixth seed, and like everybody's talking about them being I'm gonna, potential you know, championship I'm going to disagree with you, and here's why. So the 76ers are dominant at home, and we've seen that. And where they struggle is on the road. They, they're average at best on the road. And so in a situation like this where you take away that, that home and road feel, I think that, and, and also if they're healthy, that's also been an issue for the, for the Sixers, the health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're healthy and the fact that it's in like a neutral court system, I think that the 76ers, I mean, we'll see because we haven't seen them play yet, um, but I think that they can really um, make a push. I, I, them and I agree with you, the Heat are a team that I think um, are kind of being overlooked. 
Uh, and I think that they, they might be able to win a series. See, I, I agree with Chase here. I think uh, Philadelphia is kind of being way overhyped. I mean, because as you just said, like, they're really good at home and really bad away, which means that they roll with the crowd. And when there's no crowd, they have no, like, no momentum swing or anything like that. So they're just going to rely on pure skill. And although they have it, like, I just can't see them beating, like, a... Milwaukee or like a Toronto. Like without... I mean, I mean, we've never seen anything like this, but we have no idea yeah. how it's truly going to impact their play. Like that's only what we have to like wait and see when they play. But I mean, who knows, honestly? And also, like as much as the playoff atmosphere is going to be alive, like it's not going to be a true playoff atmosphere because there's no hype. It's just all the players. They're going to have to find ways to self motivate because they've got no cheer, no anything. Like if they hit a three, it's just like. A bunch of claps from the bench and stuff like that so this is completely different so it's I mean it's gonna be a play-by-year type of thing. Yeah so we touched upon the Eastern Conference which I think is the more rigid I think the Western Conference has uh, it, I think there's just more competition in the Western Conference it's just a bunch of teams like if you look at uh, the Lakers and the Clippers to me are the top two teams in the West but three through seven I would like to say so the Nuggets through the Mavericks I feel like all those teams are just not separated by much. I think any of those teams can make a push. Um, one team I like to highlight are the Dallas Mavericks uh, with Luka and Chris Stops. And I really think that they can make a push to the playoffs. Right now they're in the, the seven seed. Um, but I, I definitely think that they could win a series. Well, I think it's huge because, like, they, they're not, I mean, like, they're the team, like, the team now, they get more bonding and they're all together at all time. So for these teams that didn't have much experience together and stuff like that, and they were just like a chemistry bullet. Yeah, yeah, they like didn't really like know each other. I mean, they just lived in the same city, played basketball together. Now they're like together at for almost 24-7. So I think it's going to be huge for the Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think the Mavericks are a team that can make a push. Who knows how Luka can do. I mean, in this type of situation, we know he can lead a team. We know he is an MVP contender. Obviously, it's between Giannis and LeBron, but, I mean, he's three or four right there with Jason Tatum. So, obviously, he's one of the best players in the league, but who knows in the bubble what kind of impact he can make on this yeah. team. What do you guys think about the Rockets? So I think that they're an interesting team. I, I think if they're, like, red hot, uh, I mean, they're as best as anyone in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just I don't think, know if there's James enough. Harden and Russell Westbrook aren't good in the playoffs. I just, just don't know if there's enough consistency there. Um, but at the same time, I, we'll, well, I mean, we'll see. We haven't seen a lot of these teams play in an actual, like, game real high-stakes game yeah, true. since four months ago. I, I mean, things James, change. They could have changed. I mean, they, they had time to work if they really yeah. – I mean, I, I don't know. I As Chase said, like, they're bad in the playoffs, and they historically have been. Mm-hmm. And, I mean – Both James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, and it's, it's tough because – you, for them, they're too inconsistent. They're up and down. And when they're red hot, yeah, they might be able to steal a series. But can they do it for four series in a row? I mean, that's tough. Especially over, like, the Lakers and the Clippers and then Milwaukee at the end. Yeah. Like, that's tough. Okay, so let's do some quick predictions for um, some of the games today. We're recording this uh, 31st of yeah. July. Um, so the first game is going to be Orlando versus Brooklyn. Uh, at 1.30, and I'll start off by saying uh, I got Orlando winning this. Uh, Brooklyn has just injury issues. 
Um, they're missing a bunch of guys. Um, they're going to really rely on, on Karis Levert. They're missing literally close to half their lineup because of COVID. Yeah, yeah like COVID. They have players um, who have never played together. Yeah, I, I think Orlando wins this. I, this is one of the most uninteresting games, I think, of the day. Uh, but you know what? All these like having NBA back is just a treat in general. So all these games are just going to be special. Um, even games like this, <laughs> which maybe not 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 going to be as competitive or interesting. Yeah. Um, so is that Orlando all across? I agree with what you said. I'm going to go Orlando. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take Orlando too. Okay, this one's a little bit more interesting. Uh, what about Memphis versus Portland? So honestly, we have no idea what's going to happen. Because, I mean, Portland's a good team, but Memphis, you never really know. Obviously, you know John Morant's going to show up, but you don't know how the rest of their team's going to play. I mean, you can always rely on Damian Lillard. So you can pretty much rely on Hassan Whiteside, but Carmelo Anthony's been a little bit inconsistent this year. So if he's on fire and Damian Lillard's on fire, I think that they're going to... I think they're going to smoke the Grizzlies, but if John Moran's heating up and that team can come together, I think they can win this game. But, I mean, Portland's a favorite. I'm still going to ride with – Yeah, I mean – I'm going to ride with them. Portland is – is I think Portland's a team that, that can actually maybe make some sort of push because um, we've seen it before. They've, they've won series before. Um, yeah, Damian Lillard, Dame time, you know, is going to be money mm-hmm. uh, all is. throughout the playoffs. Uh, CJ McCollum is, is – I mean, that team is – an interesting team. Um, I think they're going to win this pretty handily. Yeah, I I agree. I, I like Portland. I mean, they've been playing together for a while, which gives them an advantage, I think, in this like type of scenario. So I'm going to go Portland pretty easily, actually. Okay, now, now here's uh, a game between arguably maybe the two worst teams <laughs> uh, in the bubble. Uh, Phoenix versus Washington. Um... Yeah, this game is just gonna be disappointing. I, I think, <laughs> I think Phoenix is one of those teams that was kind of put in there for pity. I mean, they're at the bottom of the of the West. the West. And if you're look, I'm looking at it right now. They're the only team. Uh, so Minnesota and Golden State are eliminated from the West. Like they weren't even allowed in the bubble because they couldn't make the playoffs. But Phoenix technically can still make the playoffs. But if you look at them and you put them in that Eastern Conference, they'd be two games behind the Magic. And if you look in the Western Conference, they're Six games behind the Grizzlies. I think it kind of shows the divide between the Eastern and Western conferences. Mm -hmm. So I still think that I like Phoenix a lot. I'm a big Suns fan, so I'm going to go with Phoenix on this one. Yeah, so you know how in the beginning I was talking about the lack of turnovers and lack of sloppiness in the games yesterday? Well, I think that that stuff comes out in this uh, Phoenix versus Washington game. I I could see some poor shooting performances, turnovers. Like, I mean, anytime you have the Wizards playing you're gonna have some issues uh but with that being said i'm gonna agree with chase here i think phoenix is gonna win this game yeah i'm gonna agree i think i'm gonna also agree with dylan on what he said about this is gonna be an overall like sloppy game like i think it's i don't know i think there's a chance washington wins just because of how like sloppy the game's gonna be because it's not gonna look like i mean a real basketball game like a real like nba game i feel like i feel like it's just gonna be kind of like a like a good high school game or something, <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, but I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Phoenix. But I think it's gonna be close. Okay, let's go to. So we're going from maybe the worst game to probably yes. the most exciting game of the night. Uh, we got the Celtics versus the Bucks, and I'm super excited for this game because I think both these teams have a lot to prove. Uh, the Bucks really have to show that 
they're who we thought they were, right? They're the leaders in the East. Um, I think that I think that they have to come out and show that they're just going to be uh, like ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think Boston is a team that I think Boston is a team that has a lot to prove. They have a lot of young guys. I think Kemba Walker has to prove that he's a leader in this situation. And but I think the Bucks are also looking to show that they are the best team in the NBA, and they're not like some sham. So I think that I, I think that the Bucks are going to take this one. But I think it'll be a great game. I think the Bucks are going to come out guns blazing because they're like, all right, this is our first game back. We need to prove, like as you guys have said, that we're like the top team. We're going to win it in the bubble. I mean, I think this is a big game for them to because this is, I mean, as good of a test as it's going to get. And so I'm going to go Milwaukee, and I think they're going to win by a lot. I think they're just going to – I, I think they're going to have something over the Celtics. I don't know about that. I mean – I mean, Giannis. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Giannis is, I mean, he hasn't played basketball Giannis in four is the MVP. That's scary. True, he is the MVP. Giannis is the MVP. Uh, Chris Middleton there, Brooke Lopez. Th- this team's, I, it's hard to say that the Bucks are going to lose too many games in the bubble um, just because of how dominant they've been in the East. Uh, one team, though, that I, I think uh, can play up to, in the East, that can play up to the level of the Bucks is I think the Raptors, who have looked pretty good all season, the, the reigning NBA champions. Um, but that's a different topic for another yeah. day. Uh, next game, let's talk about the Kings versus the Spurs. Um, Chase, what do you think here? I think that the Spurs are going to win this one. I think that although Sacramento's a great team, I think Greg Popovich knows that. I mean, he hasn't missed the playoffs in 20-something years, um, and I think that he wants to keep that streak alive. I know they're they're well like, behind. They're four like games. four or five games behind, but as long as you make that nine seed, you get to, you get in that best out of three playing game with the eight and the nine yeah. seed so I mean both these teams they they, they, they both are, are looking to make for, that playoff push yeah. for the they playoffs. Have this, uh-huh. yeah so I think sec, I think the Spurs are gonna take this one yeah I think the Spurs uh, are just gonna be well prepared because I mean as Chase said like Greg Popovich is arguably the best coach in the league so I think I, I'm gonna go the Spurs are gonna be well prepared and I think they're gonna win this one. I think it's gonna be a good game I'm gonna disagree I think the Kings are gonna win this um Going to the next game. Uh, uh, next game is another really good game. It's going to be the Mavericks versus the Rockets. And we were just talking about the Rockets and the Mavericks. Uh, so I'll start off by saying I think that the Mavericks are going to win this game. Uh, like I said before, the Mavericks being the seventh, seventh, current seventh seed in the West, uh, I think that they can really make a push in this bubble situation. Uh, Luka Doncic is a star. I mean, I think he's really going to take over the bubble. Mm-hmm. And if we talk about stars who can really take over the bubble, per se, um, I mean, James Harden and Luka are two of the guys who can really look to to, to kind of light up the shooting and light up the scoring in the bubble. Um, but, uh, the Mavericks with Kristaps, um, and I, I think that the Mavericks come out and really show up and kind of set the tone for the whole bubble. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a great game. I think Houston is a team that has a ton to prove. Russell Westbrook and James Harden individually and as a team have to prove they can work together and have to both prove that they can do something in the playoffs, especially James Harden. I mean, he's notorious for being great in the regular season but just kind of choking it in the playoffs. So I think that they have a lot to prove, and I think they're coming out in this bubble, and I think they're going to make a big impact. I'm going to take Houston on this one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Chase. I think that they're just going to become – they're going to come firing, and I think it's just going to be a three parade. I mean, I think they're going to hit – so many threes, it's going to be like uncountable. Yeah, I mean, that's who you get the Rockets. These, yeah. the, you're going to get three point shooting with both these teams, too. Um, okay, so that's a little bit of the NBA. 
Uh, then let's go to the recent news in college football, which is that, um, well, we've known for a couple of weeks that the Big Ten uh, stated that they were going to do a conference-only schedule, um, and then the uh, Pac-12 followed up with that. And then recently we had the ACC and the SEC, so four out of the five um, the Power Five conferences, who've said that they're going to do a conference-only college football schedule. Um, but it looks different based on the conference. Like, for example, the Big Ten is doing a 10-game um, just really like a true conference-only schedule, and they're looking to start, um, I think they said like September, either late to mid-September. Um, the ACC and the SEC are looking to do a conference schedule plus one game uh, that can be out of conference, uh, but that game has to be playing a team within your state. Um, so that's just a little bit interesting there. And then the SEC also has the um, special Notre Dame um, news because Notre Dame is a is normally independent, but they have a um, kind of contract with the ACC that lets them play six games of ACC football. Um, so they're already kind of tied in. They Notre Dame's in the ACC for all other sports. So we kind of expected the ACC to help Notre Dame out in this case. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Notre Dame will be part of the ACC for this year, which means that they'll be eligible to play for the ACC championship, which is kind of interesting. And that's kind of controversial um, with ideas. And so I just want to hear your guys' opinion. Um, is this the right move? And should Notre Dame be able to play in the ACC championship, even though they aren't part of the ACC? I think that they should be able to play in the ACC championship. But, I mean, I don't know. I Honestly, my personal opinion, I think that there's no chance that college football season happens. <laughs> I think that <laughs> it's it's asking too much of these guys that aren't getting paid. They aren't allowed to be getting paid. Um, I think it's just unrealistic to think that they can follow all these standards, that you can get a bunch of 19 to 23-year-olds to follow each rule for free and making you money. Like I think that's just an unrealistic thing, and I I, I don't think the college football yeah. season is going to happen. Also, here's the main difference between college athletics and, and professional athletics is that professional athletics – you could have like a bubble situation uh, where you can tell these guys to kind of like stay in a certain area and um, like leave their families. Meanwhile, for college sports, like they are going to school with other people who are coming from across the world and going to the or across the country, across the world, going to the same school, and it's just so much harder to like control because these guys are students um, at the universities, and the universities are a whole other issue, right? Because those are also hotbeds yeah. for, the, for the COVID True. situation. And I don't see how, first of all, I don't see how they're going to do um, college in general and how they're going to figure that out. And then if they can't do that, just simply having college open, then how are they going to do college athletics, right? And, and one of the biggest uh, things to make a note of is that while schools and, and college football, they've been doing a, um, they've been doing like their practices in the off season currently with and they're basically in their own bubble because none of the other students are there. It's just football players. Mm. And so instead of during the season putting them in a bubble, they're actually leaving a bubble, and they're going into um, basically a, a not bubbleized um, society that they could be um, at risk of the same things that any normal person would be at risk of. So it's like they're going – you could see the test numbers and say, oh, well – they recently tested last week in their training camp that only that they had 
200 players and, and none of them uh, were tested positive for COVID, but that's because they're in a bubble, right? The only people there are the players. And then you also have a situation where you have whole teams like Rutgers and Michigan State. Um, they've all been quarantined because they had players with COVID uh, just in the football program. So I think that it's going to be really hard if they're really thinking about the health and safety of the, the student-athletes to have a season. Um, but again, the money and the financial um, issues that go along with it, like some of these football programs sponsor the whole athletic department. Yeah, I mean, like if they don't have these seasons, there could be entire sports programs in these colleges. They're going to have to cut are, sports. Yeah, they're going to have yeah. to cut certain sports. and. I mean, it's a shame that that's going to happen, but I think that's the reality of it. I think that they know that if this college football season doesn't happen, then there a lot of and different like, teams are going to be screwed, and there's going to be a much larger impact than just no college We're talking football. about, like, hundreds of millions of dollars being, yeah. like, lost. And tons of kids losing scholarships, like, kids that this is their only way of going to college, and it's just going to be lost because there's no college football season. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree. Like, I don't think there's any way they can have college football, especially because every college is doing they're learning a different way so some schools have decided that we're going completely e-learning some school or online learning some schools have decided to do this hybrid other schools have decided to go six weeks on and then the rest is e-learning so how you're going to ask your football players to either not take part in that like going to school to preserve like the safety of them Mm -hmm. which means they're not going to get the learning and so that's an issue let alone and I mean, as you said, like, they're not in a bubble at all. So, like, how are they going to stay contact-free? I mean, some of these kids work, and they need to work because they, they parents, their families don't have money to provide for them, so they need that work, and that's putting them in risk of getting COVID, and like, that one player can hurt The schools the and the teams that are going to be the most affected are not the Power 5 big schools. It's these smaller schools that they get most of their money from playing football mm-hmm. and they don't have the Big Ten like Michigan or Wisconsin. They don't have, and they don't have the basketball season yeah. or like these like other sports that are huge regardless of like if it's a random sport or not. They don't have those kinds of things. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that there's a much larger impact. Like, I mean, also there's, in terms of like Big Ten schools, like Wisconsin had a report that said that if they don't play football, they're losing $100 million. Yeah, that's, that's and incredible. That's, I, this is just a whole logistical issue that... And it's nothing that they could have planned for. No one had any idea yeah. this was coming. And, and they already lost March Madness last, or this year, I guess, which costed them... I, I saw something around like 58 billion, oh, was yeah. it? Or million dollars, something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so that's enough to take down entire programs. And think about these schools that are only like football schools that are in smaller conferences that like, um, like the... Uh, like uh, the MAC... Like, like yeah, and, uh, the South Southwest Conference, like the the Mountain West, like all these these smaller conferences that play Division One football, mm-hmm. are just and they, like their teams are good, and like football is the only program that they have, like their basketball program and their like, like the golf like yeah. programs that aren't like featured and get the millions and aren't of dollars making in the revenue, money. Mm-hmm. like they're losing that primary primarily source of revenue. Yeah, and, and so we talked about this from kind of the. Um, different like uh, schools and like the whole like school approach. Let's talk about like the player approach, and this is something that I've seen. Um, there's a Virginia Tech defensive back who is going to be projected to go in the first round of the NFL draft, 
and he just opted out. He's just not playing his senior season. He's just preparing for the draft. And I think that you're going to see a lot more players decide to do something like this. Um, because, I mean, if they're going to be projected to go in the NFL draft, like why would they risk their health and safety playing a season that might not even happen? And so I, I think that you can see a huge movement of, of college players. Um, you've seen at Illinois, they've had a couple of players who've said that they aren't going to play because they don't think that the protocols are going to be safe enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've also seen reports from athletic departments that have said that like players are kind of afraid to like say they don't want to play for fear of like losing scholarships or, or being like kind of pressured into playing something that they don't think is going to be Also, but like you have to look on the reverse side of that too. Like if this guy who's supposed to be this top draft pick isn't going to play, I mean, that's giving another guy an opportunity. That's giving another guy a scholarship that wouldn't have been there before. So you have to look on the plus side of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, like as Chase, there's two different sides. Like, I mean, a lot of players are going to be like, I don't want to play. There's no point. I mean, the odds of a season are 50-50 at best. And so they're like, all right, why would I risk, like, that off chance that I tear an ACL or break something and their whole NFL career is done? It, like, that, that's an issue. And then that gives the smaller guys that are, like, borderline scholarship and that needed this scholarship to go to that school. Like, it gives them a huge opportunity now to yeah. work for something and get that scholarship. So I think you're going to see a lot of new faces if there is a college football season, a lot of new faces in college football. Mm-hmm. So we talked about uh, the college football out, uh, like opt-out situation. Let's talk about the NFL, which is on a bigger scale um, of the opt-outs. Uh, does someone want to explain how that really works yeah, and, so and how the opt-out system is working? Essentially, if someone doesn't feel comfortable playing this year in the league because they think that the protocols aren't going to be up to par or just whatever the reason is, they have someone in their family that might be high risk and they just don't want to or they just don't want to take the risk of getting COVID. They're allowed to opt out for a certain guaranteed amount of money that I'm not sure what it is. But they're allowed to opt out of the season, um, and it's not allowed to have any – it's not supposed to have any impact on whether you should have your position on the team. And one thing that is interesting to me about this is someone who is currently on the – whatever, like the 90-man roster that they have, like because it's uh, spring training right now – or not spring training, but like pre-camp – if someone opts out from that roster, they still can get that guaranteed money. So someone that thinks they're not going to make the team could just say that they're opting out of the season and get that guaranteed money. So I think that's an interesting thing that I think a lot of guys are going to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen like high name, like like big names too, like um, Eddie uh, Goldman, Eddie Goldman, Patrick Chung, Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, um, a lot of those Damian Williams. Uh, I think like yesterday or, or two days ago said that he wasn't going to play, and he's like a Super Bowl winning starting running back. Um, so, I, I don't know. I think that as we get closer to the NFL season, um, we'll learn more. Um, I'm really surprised for both the college football and NFL is that for college football, these conferences have, have tried to come up with their uh, like plans. Um, and also in, in, this up, in the upcoming weeks, we're going to see a statement from the Big Ten at least. Uh, they're going to say their, their final statement about what they're going to do. Um, but from the NFL, we haven't like heard anything, which is – Kind of interesting. I mean, like, well, they were supposed to players were supposed to report to camps, and they hadn't even heard anything. Like two days before they were supposed to report to camps, like within the span of like a two or three day period, they approved that plan. So clearly, the NFL wasn't as prepared as they should have been. I mean, it's hard to prepare for this because first of all, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. For all we know, there two yeah. situations can play out. One, the cases spike up dramatically and mutates, 
or we find a vaccine tomorrow. So they don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to plan, but I think okay. it was a lot of lack of communication throughout the whole NFL because they they were clueless on what was happening. And I think that they need to just say something to go out and say, like, I would be fine with just, like, maybe, like, just an idea for plans. I say, okay, here's what we're trying to do. Or a bunch of different plans or something like that. I mean, it's it's almost August, (laughs) and the NFL season starts, like, or it would start in, like, a couple months. Three months. And so the fact that we heard from college football starts around the same time, and we've actually heard, like, detailed plans of what they're going to try to do. Mm Um, and I think that it's going to be harder for college football to be able to do this, and they're coming out with plans, even with uh, the NCAA being completely incompetent. Um, NFL hasn't, like, said anything. Yeah. And so if I was a player, I understand why some of these guys are opting out, because they're like, well, they're not, they they're not giving no us any information. Yeah. And, right? and if the players do something, then it would be out to the media by now, so clearly the players aren't getting the information that they want. So I completely understand, honestly, why these guys are opting out and not playing the season. I think it's concerning, because I think the NFL is so underprepared and they like everyone's like oh yeah we got time we got time they're running out of time yeah, like I, I mean football starts soon and imagine being these guys that are thinking all right like i'm just gonna assume it's a season as normal since no one said anything and then they find out three weeks down the line that there's no season they worked their butt off for no reason or they get injured in these. Imagine if they get injured in these three weeks because they think there's a season mm-hmm. and there's no season. I mean, that's screwing so many people yeah. over. I mean, I would like to really see a statement from the owners of the teams about what they're gonna do, um, and I would like to see a Rod Goodell statement yeah. at some point, which I don't know when that's gonna come. Honestly, uh, I would yeah. expect in August, like at le- like, like late August, beginning? maybe. I feel or like just any time. I'll take anything at this point from him. Yeah, I, but I, I feel like I feel like once you reach like. September. I feel like that's starting to get a little bit sketchy. Like I feel like September is like got a while for that though. Yeah, which but, is good. I mean, we just haven't heard anything from him. Like yeah, the fact all. that we just haven't even heard like any plans for the season for anyone, which shows that there's like figuring this out as much as we are. Yeah, I mean, so I, yeah, I mean, but the issue is I don't know how much the owners have a say in this because oh, no, the I owners have all the say. Yeah, well, yeah the owners but are the ones. Each who owner that can't come out and say like a different thing because that'll just confuse everyone. But but the only people that have more control than like the commissioner's office is the owners because the owners as a whole though they can't as a whole. But I mean they can make individual statements for their teams, right? Like they they still. They, have the power within the organization. But it would look bad if they're split. I mean, think about how bad it would look if, if the Cowboys they're are saying one thing. Because the issue is that all these, it's like by state by state issues. Yeah. Like you could have mm-hmm. a state like Florida, which is like like huge COVID hotbed with all these rising cases. And you have states like, uh, like Illinois or whatever, that's like kind of decreasing a little bit or like mid-level. And then you have states like California, which are on complete <laughs> lockdown. And the fact that we have a ton of different regions and states that are doing different things just adds up to the complexity of the issue yeah. like it's not just like one problem because um, you even have states that are, are uh, not bad at all and you have states that are horrible yeah but like, like you have like I'll just use an example of the MLB the MLB <laughs> has uh, like uh, the, the Blue Jays the Toronto Blue Jays they couldn't travel originally to the United States to like play their games they had to like go through this whole big deal of stuff because it's not only state by state but they had to travel Country. from yes. yeah, Canada I mean, luckily um, in the NFL they're not going to have that issue because there's no Canadian yeah, teams but, issue, but they're still, still. Gonna have, like certain states like, I mean even now if you go to certain states and you come back you're technically supposed to um, 
you're technically supposed to quarantine, so, I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, next topic, do you guys want to talk a little bit about the top 100 for the NFL? Yeah, sure, we can we'll do like quickly. five minutes maybe. Yeah, and then we'll wrap it up soon. Uh, I think that the top, the NFL top 100 list was so bad this year. Like, they, like just across the board. Like, yeah, I but you know, I've always had issues with the, with the top 100 list because I feel like there's always been like some weird, like, uh, placements in there. Um, but it is from the players, so... But, I mean, yeah, I agree with that, but, I mean, think about it. Like, Patrick Mahomes, like, what more can Patrick Mahomes do? Like, literally, he can't do anything more to prove that he's the top player in the league. I mean, he yeah. won a Super Bowl. He was probably the most dominant player. Yeah, Mahomes he, he was the most dominant players top, we've seen in a long time. Yeah. Mahomes wasn't even top two. Yeah, I know, which is unbelievable. I think, like, that Saquon was on the same level as, like, Nick Chubb, I believe, like, is just a complete joke, too. Yeah. Like, I think Saquon was, like, again, one of the most dominant running backs. And he was ranked, like, what, 20th? Yeah, Something I'm also like pretty sure Aaron Rodgers was, like, ranked 15th, where was he, was he ranked? Yeah, I know everybody's going to, everybody yeah. jumps to the fence of, this is the players, but, I mean, then the players are just plain dumb, to be honest. Some of these guys just have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. I, I was mean, reading out a list before of someone who named, like, Darius Leonard as, like, the eighth best player. They put Deshaun player, Watson right? at one. I mean, it just, some of these players have no idea what's going on. I mean, think about it, because... If you're, I don't know, like, if you're the Bears, you never really see the, or you you might never see the Patriots, and there's no reason for you to watch, like, I mean, a Patriots player play, because they will never face them. So I think they don't know as much about the players as, like, us fans do. Like, us watch it. We've, I mean, we watch probably more games than they did. The difference is they just played them. So I think... I don't know. Here's what I'm going to say. Something I thought was interesting that I, I'm starting to agree more with was Russell Wilson at number two. Oh, he was so good. I, I, mean, I like, I'm, I, I still think, think Russell Wilson, I think ja- Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, and Mahomes are like in the same category. tier. If you could even put Mahomes in the same tier as, as other I, quarterbacks. But Russell Wilson is just so like overlooked. He's still like, so good. still like the, Arguably, maybe one of the best quarterbacks. I think they're maybe kind of second a, best quarterback in the entire I think they're game. kind of a sleeper team for this upcoming year, especially that the, the fact that you got Jamal Adams. Yeah. I think that's definitely a huge impact well, on helping awesome that defense trade. out. Um, so I mean, yeah, they're they're used to giving away first round picks. They've done it the past like I don't know how many years. They keep giving away their first round picks, but clearly it's beneficial for them. They keep getting back to the same spot of being. I mean, they're showing that they're an elite team, and I think that getting Jamal Adams just took that next step for that defense. DK Metcalf's getting older. I mean, I think that. I think this is definitely because something. Because they have no need to rebuild because Russell Wilson, as shown by this list, still elite. I'm not saying that he's the – I don't think he's the number two quarterback because I think Patrick Mahomes has to be up there, has to be number one, so I think he's the third. But, I mean, they have no need to try to get some future prospect because they're in a kind of win now with Russell yeah. Wilson being elite. I mean, I, I didn't – Michael Thomas at number five – um, I've never been a Michael Thomas fan. I think he's so I'm, overrated. Same. He's a, he's a, also he's a ninety nine rated in uh, yeah, Madden. Madden and Julio's not. I, yeah, so, I was Julio eleven. So we can I talk think, about this. I think he's I think he's the third best wide receiver. I think or, or even maybe fourth. I think I think it's not even a question that Julio's better. And I think um, DeAndre Hopkins is also better than him. Julio's the best wide receiver in the league, and he's been done so dirty by like everyone. Well, the issue but, is he's on a bad team. He's just the most dominant wide receiver. Like, he's, he's a freak. He, he's I, I, any, he has a catch radius. I mean, he's fast. He's elite. I think Michael Thomas, Drew Brees makes him look really good. Yeah, I agree. I think... <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, imagine if, like, Julio had... 
Like, I mean, when Julio had Matt Ryan at, like, the top of his game, they were unstoppable. I mean, yeah. they won. So, I mean, yeah, I think let's end on that, and I think let's yeah, wrap let's it up. Yeah, let's end it up. So, again, thanks for listening to After yeah, Thanks for listening. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys the um, plethora of uh, athletics going on, um, NBA games, um, and all, all the NHL, um, and hopefully we get more news on the NFL and college football upcoming. Um, we're probably going to be doing these shows like more often now because um, yeah. there's a lot of sports going on. Um, and so see you next time. Thanks for listening again. Uh, make sure you uh, download the podcast. Yeah, make sure to download it. It helps us out. Uh, and we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, bye. Peace out. See ya.